Isn't it good to just walk into the presence with Jesus Christ? Amen? To have that relationship with Him where we can walk into the Holy of Holies of where He's at and just, just let Him wrap His arms around us sometimes. and just we need, we need to know that we're loved by God. Amen? Yeah. And I've been preaching on spiritual attacks. How many of y'all had a spiritual attack last week? We're all in warfare. We're all in warfare with this. And Paul said, Michelle, I have a, you need to get a game plan. You like my little strategy board here. You better get a game plan because Satan has a game plan for you. Amen? He's got a game plan for your life. He's got a game plan for your family. He's got a game plan for this church. <laughs> you can't just imagine that you can just come in and worship and do what you want and just walk into God's presence without sometime Satan coming along and just trying to give you a spiritual attack. A lot of people think when they get saved and they find them a church that they're just going to walk through the rose garden the rest of their life. It doesn't work that way. Satan is like a roaring lion seeking. He's seeking. You say, well, Brother George, he's not after me. Well, probably because he's already got you. Amen? He don't seek after the ones that he's already got. He's looking at the child of God that wants to count the cost, that wants to get closer and deeper in an intimate walk with Jesus Christ. That's the child of God that he goes after today. That's the type of church that he goes after today. Is the church that's that's trying to seek his will, that's trying to do what he wants to do. Amen? And Satan has a strategy. It's kind of like that farmer that was growing watermelons. He had a whole field full of watermelons and he always sold them and really made a, a, a good profit off of it. And one day, he went out there and he noticed in his garden that a lot of his watermelons were being stolen. So he said, i got a plan. I'm fixing to get these crooks. He went out and nailed a big sign up. He didn't do nothing to his melons, but he was trying to, uh, uh, trying to trick... The, the, the watermelon robbers, he nailed a sign up on the tree that said, one of these melons is poisoned. He came back the next day and looked in his garden and there wasn't a melon touched. Boy, he was all prideful and he said, man, I can't believe it. He was just really, really in the middle of himself. When he come down about three days later and he come down and he passed that sign, he looked up there and the one had been marked out and said, two have been poisoned. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Satan's that away. You may think you have a game plan, but we always have to suit up and put on the armor of God. Michelle, go to Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says to be strong in... He said, finally, brethren, be strong in the might of the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. And God has given the child of God everything we need to be able to live and to walk in this life and to be able to be victorious... Over death, amen, at the cross, through the cross, He was victorious over death. We can be victorious through our flesh. We can be victorious in whatever spiritual attack that's happening to us. He says you can be strong in it. But we have to, be, we have to put it on, amen? amen? How many of y'all woke up this morning ready to worship? Amen. It is amazing how God will work through your heart if you prepare your heart, Amen? A lot of Baptists and a lot of people come to church a lot of times and they just sit down and flop down and they say, Brother George, that was great. I got goosebumps. The Holy Spirit was there. And they leave the church house and the rest of the week they never experience God again. Wouldn't you love just to bottle this up? 
when you're in the presence of God. But we can. You are a temple of God this morning. Amen? We can take this with us. And, and when the devil comes with his plan, and he's going to be coming into attack, you can just open that. I like to say, just open that bottle of Jesus on him. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we just have to open up. You say, well, George, I can't remember the armor of God. Man, you got the helmet of salvation, you got the shield of faith, and the breastplate of righteousness, and you talk about some type of shoes, and I can't remember all of it. How many of y'all have been there? Yeah. All you need to remember is remember Jesus. Yeah. That'll cover you this morning. I, I put these down. Look at the, uh, can you go to them, Michelle, that I put up? The, uh, the, if you want to remember the belt of truth is John 14.6 Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life and no man comes a father except through what? me remember Jesus here's the next one the breastplate of righteousness 2 Corinthians 5.21 for, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him remember y'all's catching on Let's try it over here. Remember? Jesus. They got a lot more Jesus already than y'all got. The shoes of the gospel of peace. We all need peace. Amen? Amen? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have the peace with God through Lord Jesus Christ. Remember? Jesus. Y'all are getting better. You're getting some Jesus. The shield of faith. Hebrews 12.2 Looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember? Jesus! Man, y'all, Jesus is getting all in His place. The helmet of salvation. Acts 4.12 Neither none nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given, which men must be saved. Remember? Jesus! Y'all are getting better. The sword of the Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. You say, I, I need to remember, I need to remember the sword of the Spirit. Remember Jesus! Jesus. That's all you got to remember this week is remember Jesus. Paul said in, in Romans 14, 13, put on Christ. You have to put Him on. And there, listen, we really need to get this, guys. I want you all to listen. Being saved and putting on the armor of God and fighting the devil and all the heavenly forces and all the spiritual darts, that, spiritual attacks that are coming after you just because you're saved and you do not put on the armor of God, put on Jesus, you will be defeated. Because without putting it on, we are fighting in our own strength. We are fighting in our own Bible knowledge. You need to let the Holy Spirit get inside of you and bring some of that Bible knowledge out. Amen? You say, Brother George, I... listen, let me even give you another little clue. He can't bring it out if it's not been put in. Amen? Some of y'all sit there going, Brother George, last week I was, man, I stood up and I said, remember Jesus, devil. And I remembered and I remembered and I couldn't remember nothing. It's because there's got to be something in you for the Holy Spirit to bring it back into remembrance, to guide and to lead you into all truth. He is the comforter. He is there to guide you, but He's got to pull it out of you. That's why David said the Word of God is like a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Yeah. It's not here just to open on Sunday. Y'all listening? Amen? Yeah. 
We're not here just to have a good shouting time and to fill the altars. There's, there's a difference in being saved and putting on the armor of God and putting on Christ. There's a lot of defeated Christians out there today walking around in bondage that are walking around just being defeated by life. They're, they're having marriage problems, teen problems, church problems. There's a lot of churches that don't suit up when they come to church. Amen? Amen. And God says, listen, if you're going to be walking in this life, if you're going to be a Christian that I've called you to be, my identity is in you, you have the right position, you have victory. The overcomer is living inside of you, but you've got to put him on, amen? And to put on Christ is going to cost a little bit. It's going to cost a little bit of getting up and opening our Word of God and trying to read a little bit instead of waiting for the preacher to preach to you every Sunday. God is calling us to say, hey, this next week when you feel the devil attacking your marriage or in your life, take time out of whatever you're doing and remember Jesus. Just open up His Word right there. You say, Brother George, I'm not. I'm not a theologian. I don't have a degree. I don't Listen... God's not looking for your degree. He's looking for your relationship to get inside that relationship with Him and let Him respond to you with the Word of God that's inside of you. He's not looking for a degree. The church today has got degreed out. I'm going to be honest with you. We won't hire unless you've got a, a PhD, HID, and DD, ADD. Amen? <laughs> Uh, we won't call a pastor in our church unless he's got a four-year degree. i tell you what I've always looked for. We need more schooling. We need seminaries. We need to be trained in the Word of God. We, we, we need to be trained in the Word of God. But when you start taking your seminary degree and all your schooling and thinking that you can just lead a bunch of people and lead the Spirit of God, the third part of the Trinity, amen, out of the situation, you're not going to be able to lead your family outside these doors. Unless we know what it means to rely. And I know in Baptist churches when we say Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. But this, that, that is an ploy of the devil. Because he knows. You can shout and raise your hand all you want. You can come to this altar every Sunday with tears flowing down. But until the Spirit of God starts to do a transformation in your heart and make you walk away, amen? That's what repent means, is to turn away and walk away until He can get you to walk away from the situation or the circumstance that you're in and give Him a chance to change you by the power of the Holy Spirit, then God will do it. But most of us come to church and we sit down to Him and Oh, Baptists are bad about this. Well, I'm saved in Christ. I'm all secure. I'm going to heaven. That's great. I believe I'm secure too. But I'm not so secure that I get spiritual lazy and don't need Jesus. Amen? When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. He indwelt you. He's with you wherever you go. You can put your religious face on in here. That's fine. He's with you. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, when you don't have your religious face on, He's still with you. Amen? And so we can't just... There's a difference in being saved and secure. You've got to put on Christ. You've got to be intentional. Amen? How about that? Well, if the church would be intentional, we'd have 10,000 saved in this county. If you would be intentional on coming to church instead of rolling over and saying, oh, 
My head's hurting this morning. I just don't feel like going to Brother George preaching because I know they're not going to get out to 12.35, quarter to one. And I got news for y'all. It's only a quarter late. That's what that clock says. Ha, devil! Isn't it amazing how it don't take a whole lot of cost to keep us from coming to church? A little headache will keep us out. A phone call from your best friend going to the park or going to the lake. Oh, we can go to church next week. Let's go to the lake. Satan's got a plan. He knows exactly. And here's what Revelation says. I love what Revelation says. Revelation in, in Revelation chapter 12, John is writing about Lucifer, about Satan, about the enemy, causing the dragon. We got there yet, Michelle? And I went way too fast. He said, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ has come. Now here it comes. For the accuser, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. You have an accuser this morning. Amen? How many of y'all believe in the devil? Well, I got a few. He's not on your little devil ham, friend. The accuser, listen, if you don't believe the devil, you're under a spiritual attack. If you don't believe you have an enemy, boy, it looks like an old-fashioned church in here. We are fanning faster. We're killing more flies. We're going to fly away in a minute. I mean, man, they are whooping it. You have an accuser. He's accusing you of everything you try to do in Christ, everything that's holy, everything that's pure. Every time you get up and you try to read your Bible, you try to commit in your prayer life, you try to commit to find a church and go. The accuser, the devil, is at the throne of God day and night accusing, saying, He's not worth it, Jesus. Do you know what His past was? You know He used to be on drugs. You know He he ain't been to church in 20 years. But I love... What God says in the very next verse, look in the, here, here is your answer when you put on Christ how to overcome the accuser. He says, and they overcame who? Him means Satan. By, I love this, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. I don't care what anybody says. They can think it's old-fashioned. There's still power in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? How many of y'all believe that today? There's still power in the blood of the Lamb to save your soul from hell. You was lost. Didn't have a chance on your way to a, to a hell. When you turned your life around, the Holy Spirit convicted no matter what point in life you was at, whether you was in a church, no matter whether you was at home, no matter you was at a church camp, a Bible school, but at that point, the Holy Spirit shined down into your soul. There was a wall of separation between you and your Heavenly Father. And at that moment, He spoke to you and said, You need Jesus. You're a sinner. You can't make it to heaven on your works. And we definitely can't make it on our looks. Amen? Everybody says, well, I work for Jesus. You work for Jesus because you got Jesus. You work for Jesus because Jesus... You don't work to get Jesus. You work because out of grace and admiration and thankful heart, I serve you today, Jesus. That's why we work. You don't work because of this preacher. If 
this church is going to stay on fire for Jesus, we need a bunch of church members that serve because Jesus is in their heart and He's the one convicting and driving and anointing them to do what they do. Not because Brother George asked you. Amen? By the way, I'm still going to ask you. Amen? Amen. I told the church a while back, I'm tired of putting up sign-up lists in this church. There's a Greek word for sign-up list and it's called hogwash. <laughs> we need to quit putting up sign-up lists. Well, let's just... Here's the old Baptist way. Well, if we can get some workers in church, let's, let's just put a sign-up list and let's just see if they would like to help out in this area of the church. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> Forget that. Do they come to you on the job? And say, if you would like to do this on this job, could you sign this list and help us? How many jobs work like that? Now who's more important? Jesus, the Lamb of God? And what we do here is called kingdom work. You say, Brother George, I gotta have you gotta have money, but we ought to treat Jesus more important than even our jobs. Amen? I got some blank looks back there going, it's the economy's bad. Brother George, don't preach like that. I need money. That's your problem. The love of money may be killing you, friend. Maybe you're working your fingers to the bone and working 14 hours and, and leaving your family to the side and don't know why your kids are going crazy. Don't know why this is happening. Maybe you forgot about Jesus. And to overcome the devil today, you've got to remember there is still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. You were separated in that moment wherever you were at. You invited Jesus into your heart to be your... Now here's the key. Lord and Savior. You didn't ask Him just to be a friend. You didn't ask Him to be another good old boy. You didn't ask Him just to be another church member with you. You asked Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. When you did that, you humbled yourself, surrendered yourself, and gave your all to Jesus at that point. My life is yours. That's why Paul said, I am crucified in Christ, not I, but Christ in me. In me. I died to self. I died to self. How many of us have really had faith in here today to say, Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life, do it. Just don't move my family. Don't mess up my schedule. Hey Amen. How many of y'all is on schedules? I can't believe we ain't got 20 people on. Where y'all work? We're not taking up an offering. I'm just asking a question. Amen. How many's got a schedule every day? You go by. Better. Jesus, I got a little news for you. Jesus ain't going to be real until you start being real with Him. Amen. The blood of the Lamb. We sing about it. There's power in the blood. Amen. And I love the sayings. God is good. And all the time. Man, that sounds Christian-y. That sounds really Christian, don't it? Amen? Blood of the Lamb. You say, well, I don't know what's so big about the blood. Without the blood, you do not have eternal life. That blood has to be applied to your heart, your life. We need to start applying some blood to our homes. In Exodus chapter, I believe it was, 13, 
when the plague of the death of the firstborn was coming across Egypt and, and Israel was included. God said, listen, there's one thing you've got to do. You've got to go kill a lamb. You've got to take his blood and you've got to wipe it on the side. How many of y'all got doorposts? How many of y'all live in a barn? Doorposts when you walk in your door. You've got a side frame. Amen? Yes, Brother Joy. Are y'all hot and going to pass out or is it just me? Fan faster. I'm preaching faster. They put blood on the side post of the door. They put blood across the top. God said, when I see that sign of the power of the blood... Now, there was no power in that blood. You could break it down in a, in a, in a microscope and break it down as DNA. There was no power in the blood of the, lamb, of the Lamb that was sacrificed. It was a future atonement of sins that Christ was given over 2,000 years later when He was going to come and die on the cross. He was going to send His Son to die one death atonement sin offering. Jesus Christ died and paid that one, one atonement. When Jesus took His last breath on the cross, He cried, It is finished! That means paid in full. And I bet y'all didn't know this. When Jesus was put in the tomb, He wasn't just laying there. Do you know He went and preached two sermons in hell? <laughs> Some of y'all Baptists are looking in your Bible. Keep a looking, sister. It's there. I may be half Baptistical, but I know my Bible. Amen? That's for all the critics out there. you got, you got to watch George Vincent. He, he, he preaches anything. He's loud. He screams. He hollers. You know what? That's nothing but satanic attacks. I tell people all the time, I'd rather be on fire. Here's what I told somebody a while back. I had a little story with another cute little missionary Baptist person. I ran into them, Randy, and I was talking with them, and they said, we was in town, and they said, man, we really hear Pleasant Hills really on fire for Jesus. I said, well, we're keeping her between the ditches. (laughs) Amen? I don't want to brag, but we are on fire. I said, you know, we're keeping her between the ditches. He said, well, you know, I had some people come hear you in a revival over at Mountain Pine and you preached in a gymnasium over two months ago and they said you are loud and running around and half Baptistical First Baptist on Second Street of Jesus Christ. I said, I'm just an old boy that's in Christ. Amen? In Christ. And he said, well, my preacher said that you wasn't like us. And at that point, Tim, I got sick and tired of the devil. I said, I'm getting a game plan for these deadheads. I said, I may not, you may not clap in your church. You may not even smile in church. You all may not even have joy in your church. You probably don't even have people come down the aisle in the last five years in your church. There's nobody probably been saved, baptized. The battery's probably got dust and cobwebs in it. If that's who you are, I don't want no part of it. I want to be in Christ. And that's the way I feel about it. If that's what it takes to be one of you, count me out, brother. We got marriages falling apart because people's like that. We got churches that are splitting and going everywhere because people act like 
that. Today, people are looking. That's why this house is filling on Sundays. Is they're wanting something that's real. They're tired of religious talk. They're tired of going through the motions. And they said, man, that George Vince is crazy and we like to watch him. But most of all, they want to because Jesus Christ is real. He's lifting burdens. He's breaking chains and setting people free. They can worship and they didn't even know they could worship because some old pastor or friend or a deacon in some church told them that you know you, you shouldn't raise hands, you shouldn't worship, you shouldn't show no outward motion. We praise God, not men. I'm so sick of that I want to go, ah! We praise God, not men. Well, let me tell you what. When the group was up here a while ago, whether you know it or not, it takes vehicles to get the will of God done and your body is a vehicle of God. When you sing, when you teach, when you lead, when you shake hands back here, readers, don't think to open the door on Sunday morning greeting's not a big job. They're the first face they see. And if you look like you've been baptized in lemons, they're going to say, boy, wasn't he... They're the first face you see when they walk into our church building. It would be so nice. I'm trying to handpick our greeters. Amen? Because I don't want Uncle John that's up one week and down. I mean, he may be nice to you this week and next week you won't even talk to you. That's not a good greeter. Amen? You want somebody, when people look at them, they know that they got Christ on them. They're not perfect. They're sinners just like you. Let me tell you what that... You know how they do that? It's just right here. Sherry, you may have to help me. Whoa! Here's why you have no joy today, my friend. And this isn't bad luck. There ain't no such thing as bad luck. Get over it. I can already see some of y'all... I can't believe he opened... Give me a ladder. I'll walk under it too. I'm in Christ, not bad luck. And on the other hand, there's no such thing as good luck in Christ. He wills to do whatever He wills to do. And it has to be through you. When our greeters are out there and they're smiling on Sunday, you don't want to know how we can have a joyous church? A thriving church? A church that wants to go out and minister and serve in the school and this community and see lives changed? You've got to learn to... St- you got to, it's more than just being saved, guys. I don't know. The devil has really turned the message of securing Christ to lazy in Christ. They think because they get saved that it's over with. The battle's won. No. Ultimately, the whole war has been won. But the battle's still raging on. And you've got to wake up every morning and suit up. And when you do... You say, what do you mean suit up? Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace. How do I get that, Brother George? By on your knees in the Holy of Holies before you go to work. Where's the Holy of Holies? At the end of your stinky sock drawer. Amen? At beside your bed. In your cab of your truck. Now, I, now listen, I don't mean we should... Do not use your intimate time with God just in the cab and that's it. Well, Brother George, I'm so busy. The only time I get to pray is on the bypass. Hey, 
991 quick shooting prayers and throwing them up is great. But Jesus wants an intimate time so He can fellowship with you and reveal things to you. So you've got to sit aside that place, special place. Get a special place. You're suited up. You pray. I mean, you're ready to go. You are covered. you got the covering of God on. You are covered. Amen. Amen. And we'll get it work all day and use the first two hours, man. We're so some of y'all will probably have a pretty good day tomorrow because today was a great service and you're so full of the spirit that it'll at least get you maybe till lunch tomorrow. Amen. But it won't get you through Tuesday. And so you've got to stay under in the covering of God. But here's where we mess up, and Satan wants us to believe that there is no good thing in God. His grace does not work. He's not powerful. And if He can get us to drop the covering and walk in our own strength, boom, He attacks us. Even if you're saved, He attacks you. If He can get you out from under the covering of God, if He can get this church out from under the covering of God, and we start running church on talent, and we don't care about the Spirit, we're going to quit services at five till. We got to be out of here. We got to be gone. Don't preach. No longer than that, brother George. It's still a quarter to late. <laughs> Amen. I love our clocks. You're not more spiritual if you get out at twelve. But when you get out of the covering of God, you open yourself up. Well, I'm saved, brother George. You're saved, but you're not being, when you're under the covering of God, you're being transformed. You're changing in that mirror day by day. I mean, changed by the Spirit of God. Yes. Day by day, you're changing. You're getting stronger. The old things that you used to love to go to, you don't like them no more. Amen. It's like, I don't know about y'all, but when we was on our fast, whew, this fast was the worst fast I've been on. And I, I, we done the Daniel fast two years ago, and I hung with it, and man, nothing but vegetables and water, and it, man, I, I was like, this time, by the seventh day, me and Melvin would be at the table. <sighs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this, what you call food we're about to eat. <laughs> Isn't that right? I said, Lord, I love vegetables, but this is going way too far. I hope you anoint my preaching, my ministry, and my people because this is terrible. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I, I struggle, and the reason I think I struggle so much because God's got something big. Because He said, if I can work on the pastor, if I can get him to get out from under the covering of God and think that it's on his own preaching that's doing this to these people. And it's His charisma that's doing this. And I can get Him just one time to start dropping that covering and preaching the Word to these people. Not only is He not transformed, but His whole church. They're just a bunch of saved, bondage people. If I can get the pastors, if I can get Tim and the praise team, Tim leads the praise, if I can get him to drop that covering and to start thinking it's all about us, and it's about our talent. It'll be just music, but it won't be worship. That's why I love the old songs, but them old songs sometimes can be just words. Because I've heard them. Last night I went to a revival. 
And it's an old-timey little church. And somebody said, do you want a book? And I said, man, I cut my tooth on that blue helmet. I know them. I didn't need a book. The first song they sung, I sung every word of it. But it wasn't worship. It was memorization. And it just becomes religious. Stay under the covering of God this morning. How many of y'all in here has got a testimony? How many has got a testimony? Do you know what a... Listen, I didn't say an imony. A testimony. An imony is what you did and how you accomplished. You went to college. You got this degree. How you raised your family. You built your house. You bought your car. How you got this nice business. You run your business. You made this business. That's an imony. And that imony is going to fall. Amen? A testimony is when... Is when you had no other option. If you if God didn't intercede in your circumstance, in your situation, you was done. Ever been there? If God don't do something, we're gonna have a hard time paying the bills. If God don't do something, I'm gonna have a divorce on my hands. That's God, and then God somehow comes through and intervenes and he brings you through that. Testimony is called a test. God wants you to go through stuff like this to let you know it's not about I, but it's about Him. He's still in control. And if it wasn't for God, you couldn't make it. It should be our outlook. Everybody in here should leave here today. Boy, if if I didn't have a relationship with God, I wouldn't make it. Amen? We all have a testimony. i got to close. How many of y'all have ever seen the movie 300? It's about the, the movie 300 is about the Persian army and the, and the uh, Spartans. The Great War. There's 300 of these Spartans against thousands of these Persians. And in, in one part of the movie, the Persian leader and both armies are meeting face to face. And the Spartan leader rides up on his horse and he's all decked out. And I mean, he's like muscled up Arnold's. Kind of like what I used to look like about 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, he is buff. He's standing there with a spear. And the Persian, the enemy, is across from him. He says, if you do not surrender today, Sparta, I will rain millions of arrows down on your army. So many arrows that the sky will turn dark. The Spartan leader said, well, let it be. We'll have to learn how to fight in the shade. And he held his shield up. That's where we're at sometimes when we leave church on Sunday morning. The sun's not going to shine every day spiritually next week for you. But what is, what is, because you need to tell the devil, hey, I'm saved by the power of the blood. God, give me a testimony. I love Jesus. I'll love Him to the death. I'm committed to Him. And if it takes fighting in the shade, it may be dark in the clouds, it may be dark, but I can fight in the shade. Amen. Amen. We need to learn as children of God to fight in the shade. Not just serve Him. Here's what I'm saying. Don't just serve Him when God is blessing you, church. We've got a lot of Sunday morning worshipers that will go to church if you had a good paycheck or your marriage was good or your children were minding or you got all your bills paid. I'm going to church. Oh, God, it's so good. I mean, you are just you up there just raising hands on Sunday morning. But then, a dark cloud comes over life. You know what that's called? It's called a season. And 
this and God allowed it to come into your life. And God wants to know, will you love Him enough to serve Him in the shade even if the sky is full of millions of fiery darts and demonic spirits around you? Oh, it may be dark, but I'm going to fight in the shade. Guys, are you, are you just Sunday morning worshipers? Or are you committed? Amen? When the times are bad, do you love Jesus? When you fell off the wagon, do you love Jesus? Because we're all going to fail. Let's invite Jesus in as David and them come. and We're going to have invitation. I know it's hot. Can't you tell? I'm hot. But boy, the Spirit has been so good in here today. Let's not let the devil use a little... But you know, here, here's what's so funny. Here's how Christians act, Randy. Oh, I tell you what. I, I know what they're going to say going to eat after church, Arch. I tell you what, Brother George knew it was hot in here and he just kept preaching. Man, I'm back here like doing an SOS with my fan. You can preach, we can preach. He knew it was hot. It was so... But then y'all turn around and go to Lake Hamilton Optimist Club and sit out in the sun. Don't even have an umbrella. 100 degrees. Oh, hit the ball, son! That's right. And you're burning up. Don't complain one bit. But when God tries to draw us closer to the cross... Oh, it's the worst thing we've ever felt. It, the circumstances has got to be right. The temperature's got to be right. My friends, I mean, my relationship, everything's got to be right, Jesus, where I can come to. That's not what the Bible says. It says, Come all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. No matter in the daytime, the nighttime, whether the sun's shining or it's dark. All you've got to do is come and approach my throne of grace. I don't care if you've messed up. He said, I'm here with my arms wide open wide today with arms of forgiveness saying, He's not telling you to stay down. Jesus is telling you, child of God, get up! Get up! Be the husband you need to be. Be the dad you need to be. Get up! Be the church member. Don't stay down. And the old devil's sitting there going, one, two, three, four, and all of heaven's hopes is saying, Get up! He died for you. Get up! He shed His blood for you. Get up! And all of a sudden, God sends His heavenly host to lift you up and strengthen you and He carries you out of the ring. And He sets you down and they, they want to minister to your heart today. Maybe you need to get out of the fight of life and go sit in a corner and let Jesus minister. Amen? There's nothing wrong with taking a break and getting strengthened by the Spirit of God. You're not Superman. You're a born-again, redeemed child of God. So get up this morning. Amen? Let's all stand. Get up. Get up. Don't stay where you're at spiritually. Get up. As David didn't begin to sing, these altars are open. Come. God may have spoke something just special to you just in the last 30 minutes, just maybe when you walked in. Come. Give your heart to Jesus this morning. Come. If you're saved this morning, get up and rededicate your life. Maybe you need water baptism. Get up and get baptized. Maybe you need to pray over your family. Get up 
and go to the cross. Don't let the devil win this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.